Welcome to the Get Over Yourself podcast. This is Brad Kearns. So when we exercise, when we fast, or when we eat a low-carb, high-fat style diet, a few things kind of happen, and it's, it really, you know, ketosis and fat burning is kind of contingent upon low glucose, low insulin, and high glucagon. Functional medicine is looking at kind of this whole root cause, right, where you know, if we're in our house right now, there's water coming down. We don't just put a Band-Aid on that. We go and look and say, okay, is the roof leaky? Where is it coming from? What's going on? And that's really how medicine should be practiced. Here's a quick thank you to our sponsors. They make this show possible and the tremendous production behind it online and in audio. Thank you, wildideabuffalo.com. Grass-fed, locally raised, on the Great Plains for the last 130,000 years. Quit eating that junk food feedlot cattle and get some quality meat into your life. And thank you, DNAFit.com. Cutting-edge genetic testing, delivering customized diet and exercise recommendations for your peak performance. Use the discount code GOY30. Get over yourself. Integro Probiotics make this fabulous liquid probiotic high potency. It's called Flourish, so your microbiome can flourish. Gut health is everything. Get started. Visit EntegroHealth.com and Tribali Foods. Pre-made, creatively flavored hamburger and chicken patties. When you're in a rush, drop one down, fry it up. It's delicious. T-R-I-B-A-L-I. And Almost heaven. That's the name of my sauna. These are beautiful home-use saunas made of real wood, shipped to your door, easy to assemble, and then you are rocking. That's right. I'm going from chest freezer cold therapy into the hot barrel sauna. Check them out at almostheaven.com. And the Primal Blueprint online multimedia educational courses To go primal, go keto, get a stand-up desk going, master the challenge of endurance training. Go to bradkearns.com and click on the links to learn more about these courses. If you're sick of my voice on the podcast, you can now get sick of my face too on the videos. And ancestral supplements. This is grass-fed liver, organ meats, and bone marrow delivered in a convenient gelatin capsule. Don't stress about cooking liver anymore. Just pop some pills or throw capsules into a smoothie every day like me. Hey, it's Brad to introduce a wonderful show with the one and only Mike Mutzel, based in the Seattle area, and this man travels the globe getting these wonderful, high-quality video interviews with all the leaders in the progressive alternative health functional medicine space. You have to go check out this guy's YouTube channel. It's absolutely amazing, wonderful library of cutting-edge content. And this guy is the real deal. He always hangs super tight, stride for stride, with his expert guest talking about all manner of deep science and functional medicine, but always doing a great job uh, delivering reasonable and practical insights for the viewer, uh, regardless of your level of uh, scientific expertise. So his YouTube channel is called High Intensity Health, same name as his podcast, 
Oh my gosh, he's got like 125,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel. And what a badass, man. I asked this guy about how he got his start, and he said, oh, what was this uh, several years ago now? He realized the podcast scene was blowing up and all this great content was coming out from the early leaders in the health space of podcasting, but that there was kind of a void uh, niche there where there was not high-quality video interviews. So he got himself some gear, learned to become a high-tech audio visual geek and went to town. And wow, he's so good at it now that he actually has a training course on his website to help you produce high quality video content and get all the right gear. So very interesting, engaging guy. He's a former uh, high level racing competitive cyclist. He went to Boulder to pursue his dream of becoming a pro and he wiped out really bad, got a concussion and realized that maybe he'd have a better service to the planet uh, becoming a health educator. So he has a great journey that's taken him to the absolute cutting edge, especially on relevant topics that we're interested in, like keto, and kind of dispelling some of these uh, misinformations, misconceptions, uh, criticisms of keto, uh, describing how it's not about stuffing your face with fat, not about chasing big numbers on your meter, but how it's intended to mimic the health and metabolic benefits of fasting, and also describing how ketones are both a superior fuel source and a high-potency genetic signaling molecule with incredible anti-inflammatory benefits. I'm kind of putting some of this tea up here because the show moves pretty quickly. We get pretty deep into the science, but again, trying to do the best job to keep things practical and actionable as you're listening. I love how he talks about uh, pursuing the upstream causes of dysfunction and disease rather than just treating the symptoms. Oh my gosh, today we're all about taking the pills to address all manner of ills instead of looking about the whys and the causes. Oh my goodness, he gave the example of going on testosterone therapy as they're recommending to so many males these days who are broken down, burnt out, not sleeping enough. And he says, yeah, go ahead and take testosterone. But if you have some sort of other health dysfunction, you might be converting a lot of that testosterone into estrogen and growing some man boobs. (laughs) And wait till you hear what he says at the end about mouth taping while you sleep. Yes, we're laughing a little bit because he's talking about taping his daughter's mouth shut when she goes to sleep, but this has a profound health benefit, and it's something really important to reflect about. So enjoy this show with Mike Mutzel of High Intensity Health. We rolling. We're rolling, buddy. Mike Mutzel. Yeah. I'm so honored to be here at your home in beautiful Seattle area. You're the tech whiz, man. I'm so impressed with what you're putting out. <laughs> Is that right? We got to go to the YouTube channel and see this incredible body of work. Yeah. And I, I don't know how I first found you, uh-huh. but then you start clicking and looking at all the stuff. And I'm like, this dude's everywhere. You're all <laughs> over the country, the world, sitting with these great people. And then somehow you're ultra high definition. Like some of these videos are better quality than I've ever seen on any other video, man. Is that what's, right? what's the scoop? What's the secret? Yeah, you know, well, it's a good video guy that I've worked with, Sam Hahn. So he and I actually have a, like a business coaching class, you know, to help people. Make right. I saw that too. So yeah. now, I mean, I guess that's kind of an offshoot of all this hard work is now you can sign up and learn what camera to use and all the specs all the and then yeah. the training for the, for the host. So yeah, the modern media right here, huh? That's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, people just love, they're not tuning in to, you know, CNN anymore, Fox news. They're just, you know, watching things on the, on the internet. And I thought, well, if I'm going to 
go through the effort of like traveling to meet with someone, I'm like, I want to make sure that every angle is covered, that it looks good. And, and, uh, excuse me, and probably over invested in gear initially, but I was like, it'll pay off over time. And so now we have sponsors and it's like a business and everything, but yeah, it took some time to like get things rolling at first. It was my iPhone. I did this autism intensive interview series in 2015 with uh, Norm Schwartz and Sid Baker. And so I had a GoPro, I had the iPhone and these junky, we have nice light here, which, you know, but I had these crappy lights that I got on Amazon for 110 bucks and it was terrible. But, um, throughout that project, I started like learning how, cause I didn't know any of this stuff. I'm like a, you know, science, you know, I have a degree in biology, you know, right. I didn't go to film school. Um, but yeah, there, you know, you can learn anything on the internet nowadays. And, and I think that's good thing for the brain. Good thing for your life. You know, as we, as we get older, a lot of us kind of lose social connections and meaning and purpose. So it's like, what new skills can we acquire? Like, you know, you were talking about speed golf and that. So it's like great to like learn these new things. Never heard of it. <laughs> There's yeah. so many shows on speed golf on my channel. It's you'll, 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 you'll flip out, but nice. yes. Thank you for mentioning that the plug. Yeah. Uh, so you kind of saw this, uh, you saw this potential a few years ago, which is a, an eternity, right? In the, in the whole game here, Sure. but you kind of saw that, um, the, the, the evening television shows and the Nielsen ratings were going to morph into this incredible opportunity to consume content on the internet. And you kind of, kind of went all in on that. That was right. And, and a lot of people back then, the Dave Asprey's, the, uh, Ben Greenfield's and all that, they, they were still doing audio podcasts or audio with Skype. And I was like, well, I'm kind of new to this. I've been in the functional medicine space since 2006, um, but I'm new to the online health entrepreneur space. So I was like, well, I, you know, I know a lot of the in information. I know the people and how can I separate myself you know, early on? And so I was like, you know what? And plus it was a better challenge too, because I'm sure you've done the Skype interviews. Like you can be in your underwear, roll out of bed, uh, and muddle your way through it. Like there's not a lot of preparatory work and, and no one would really know the difference. But you know, when you're here in person, you know, it can be a little bit nerve wracking. There's other factors. And so like, if you can pull off a good interview in person and on camera, um, then that's going to separate yourself from a lot of people that are just like kind of half-assed doing this on Skype. So that was part of the impetus too, is like, you know, how can I uh, get out there and then, you know, get traction and be different. Now everyone, of course, is doing video and the good microphones and that. So it's even becoming more like, okay, is it 360 video? Is that going to be next where you can watch it and you move your phone around and like you could see this whole room. Wow. So I think that's going to be the evolution. I don't know that I really have an interest in that per se, because it's like, okay, what are you going to look at the wall? You know, yeah. <laughs> but that's, it could be in the future. Well, I think it still comes down to the content and yeah. audio. So I just read an article about audio, not, not asking for a hundred percent of your attention. Mm -hmm. And so it has a special niche, a, a podcast, because you can be riding the train right now or raking the leaves or what have you. Right. But you know, the, the impact when you're watching one of the interviews that you do where you're sitting with the person is definitely uh, another level up. And I, I feel like even with an audio recording only, if you can sit down in person, you're going to have a dramatic increase in quality. So it's worth schlepping to uh, the location or I guess forcing people to come to your dwelling if that's, if that's the case and yeah, then getting yeah. that connection, especially since we've never met in person.
person. But, right, right. Um, my, my first character revealing insight is the, the thing on your arm. The glucose meter, And if, yeah. I, if I saw you in Seattle airport or something, we'd all of a sudden be jumping right into, what is that, dude? And then, then we go off and running. So you have a glucose meter on your arm for those listening. Mm-hmm. And for those listening also, we're filming this thing because yes. we have to. If, if it's Mike Mutzel, we're not going to go <laughs> half-ass. So here we are with this beautiful... Look at that nice background, too. It you, is. You just put up this paneling like today. Last the, night, actually. For the purpose of my, my appearance on your show. Yes. I, I don't know. I mean, nice. Well, I was traveling. I was yeah. in the Bay Area, since you asked. And oh. I've done reclaimed wood on like that wall and stuff like that that people can't see. Um, and I have, you know, three podcasts today. And so we were, yeah, putting it up. So it's, it's awesome. You know, you can on offer up or Craigslist, if people just type in reclaimed wood, ah. there's often people selling this and it can take like a boring white wall to something that has a lot of character and especially for video, for people that want to learn more about video or podcasting, having stuff in the background that's slightly out of focus causes the, or the human brain to focus on the subject that is. So what a lot of people make the mistake is like they'll put their video or whatever right against the wall and then everything's in focus your face along with all the other crap. So it's good to have a background that is slightly out of focus and then that causes a human eye to focus on what is. So yeah, there's a few different elements to it, but it just looks cool too. Love it, love yeah. it. So Anyways, you have glucose a meter. glucose meter on yes. your arm. Should we, t- you want to test a Continual the- readout. You're gonna yeah. push a button and tell me how you're looking right now. You haven't eaten today because uh, you're all keto ketoed out? Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, when I do a lot of 82, interviews. 82, baby, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Not too bad. Um, yeah, we were, we were talking about this. I mean, when I do a lot of, like when I travel or do a lot of interviews, I just find it easier from a logistics standpoint to fast and it's a good opportunity to do so. Um, and then of course the mental clarity that is attributed with that from ketones and all that uh, is a side benefit. Okay, so, so you're big into the keto thing. A lot of content on high intensity health is relating to that or the, the low carb movement in general. Yeah. And I wanna ask you kind of the, the, the state of the union here because it's getting so misinterpreted, mischaracterized, uh, accordingly uh, criticized, and differing points of view are, are coming around. So I don't know, I mean, let's, let's hear you go off a little bit on mm-hmm. what this whole scene's been about, especially the, the, the ultimate level of sophistication of getting into a, a ketosis experiment. Yeah, sure, that's a great question. Well, you know, I think it's, I can't believe how popular it's gotten. You know, the reason why I got into it uh, in 2015, um, I mean, I was low carb paleo for a long time. I met Lauren Cordain in 2005. I was considering going and studying with him to get my master's in nutrition. Um, cause I moved to Boulder, like, like I told you. And I was like, well, do I want to work? Cause I didn't have a job lined up when I moved. I just like had $400 in my checking oh, account. We are going to go, we're going to hit Boulder <laughs> in a second. But yeah, let's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I kind of got into it that way. Um, and it really helped me stay lean while I was riding bikes and stuff like that. And so a buddy of mine, Alessandro Ferretti, uh, in 2015, he was talking about keto and he, he, like we bumped shoulders at a conference, a friend of mine, mutual friend, Ben Lynch introduced me to him. And he was like, yeah, the reason why I'm so excited about this ketogenic diet is because it improves my heart rate variability, which as you know, is a great proxy to give us an insight into what our, our nervous system is doing. Is it more in a you know, parasympathetic, calm rest and digest state? In which case it seems that the ketogenic diet does that. And, and so that, and that right away was like, okay, I'm super interested in this. Let me dive into the more re- research. I just written this book, belly fat effect back then. So I was really into the microbiome and mm. looking at short chain fatty acids. And it turns out that one of the most healthy short chain fatty acids that our bacteria make from the food that we eat is called butyric acid. And people have heard of beta hydroxybutyrate. These compounds are very structurally similar and interconvert and so forth. And so that, then when I started reading that, I was like, 
holy crap, like this is not just this fad thing that we were hearing about on Bulletproof Radio at that time. There's something to this. And so I just went, you know, full in and started doing a lot of research and and all the research that was coming out on how ketones affect DNA stability and these so-called histones. And these are things that can uh, contract or release DNA, protect DNA and so forth. Um, So I got really into it. And then at the time, I was actually a supplement rep for a company called Zymogen. And I was meeting with these doctors and I was getting very excited about it. And they would tell me, oh, the ketogenic diet, that's crap. That causes this, that causes that. And the other thing, and I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. So um, part of like how I would increase my supplement sales business was interview doctors that I wanted to get more exposure to the brand and put them on the map because I was like, well, these doctors don't know how to market, I do. And, um, and so anyway, so I started interviewing a lot of ketogenic diet doctors to help mm. influence my other doctors to be ahead of the curve. I would provide value that way. Um, and Doing so, yeah, a that's show. Uh, you're putting these on a show on yeah. high intensity health. So that's kind of oh, how it even started back then. Oh, yeah. Geez, you've so been st- around forever, man. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, so that's kind of how it started. And, uh, yeah. And, but now, you know, what I see is a lot of people, I mean, part of the ketogenic approach is some element of intermittent fasting or time restricted feeding. Oh, oh really? I thought it was just <laughs> eating like bacon and butter yeah, and, and stuff bombs. in your face. Yeah. So that's the thing, right? Where, where I think the big mistake people making is they're just swapping out, you know, carbs for replacing them with fat, still having breakfast, snacks, all this. And that, and you know, all of a sudden bacon's a health food and like bacon's not that it's necessarily inherently bad for you. It's like, you know, to flavor things up, maybe that's where we use it, but it's not like a staple dietary source for us. So anyway, I think, you know, getting back to your question is like, it's cool that this dietary strategy has caught on, but there's a lot of confusion. And I think a lot of people are, uh, making excuses to eat, you know, not the healthiest foods just because they're low carb. And, and then we see a lot of people, they don't do well in the ketogenic diet. They don't lose the weight. Their body doesn't really change like it should. Um, you know, maybe the health issues that they're experiencing are, are not improving like they should. I think it's a powerful tool, but it, it you, we got to really, it's, we got to focus on whole food lifestyle changes and everything else. So, so back to Boulder, Yeah, <laughs> uh, you went out there with 400 bucks in your checking account yeah. and you wanted to make it as a bike racer. So right. you, you really made that pilgrimage that so many athletes do and show up in town going, yeah. let's go. Where's what, the group ride? Yeah. What's next? Yeah. You know? So what, what were you all about at that time? Yeah. So I went to Western Washington University. Uh-huh. So as we filmed this, we're in Kirkland, about 80 miles due north is uh, a great school, Western Washington. It's a D2 school. Uh, and I, I was pre-med and I, I got really into bike racing on the bike team there. Uh, and my last year, my grades kind of suffered. And so I wasn't really sure, like, could I, could I still make it into a DO school? There's kind of hierarchy in medical school, like the MDs, and then you have the DOs and it's a little bit easier. You don't have to have like the MCAT score, you know, to get into a a osteopathic school, but you really can effectively practice the same. So I was like, all right, I'm going to study for the MCAT work for a year and then try to be a professional bike rider and all that. Um, and yeah, so that's what I did. So I, you know, it was August, it was August exactly, let's see, so 2018, so 12 years ago, this August, um, I realized that like, I just couldn't, it started to get the weather changes here in Seattle very quickly, like summer's like 45 days and then fall hits <laughs> early. So it started to get really cloudy in this in August and I go, dad, I'm sick of looking for jobs here. I'm moving to Colorado. And he was like, well, you don't have any money. And, and he, my dad had this story, this true story. My dad had this storage unit. Like canoes and bike racks and just a bunch of crap and ski racks. 
And so I've always kind of been interested in selling stuff. I used to fix up motorcycles and sell them. So I was like, well, dad, you know, if I can sell that stuff, you know, we can like share the profits. He's like, yeah, get rid of it. Cause I'm paying all this money for the storage right. unit. So I like, win, sold, win right there, sold all of that crap. And then, you know, I'd had some, someone was coming for this, um, Thule bike rack. He's like, Oh no, 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 wait, I don't want to sell that. I'm like, dad, I have someone coming in like 30 minutes. Like you can't tell me this now. Anyway. So that's how I got money to move. Um, and I was in talks with this company called Biotics Research, who want, was looking for a seasoned salesperson. So I, I kind of thought I had a chance to get the job if I could get the interview in person, but I wasn't sure. But I'm like, I just put that intention, like I'm going to move, you know, and tell them because I thought I wouldn't get the job if I hadn't yet moved. You know what I mean? Because they want to hire someone now. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, I got the job and lived out there, and and it was like amazing. I mean, for a young person that's interested in endurance athletics, I couldn't think of a better spot to be. Yeah, you, you turn your head and you see an Olympian literally yeah. at the running track, the swimming pool, or out on the roads. Right. Now, that's a pretty intense uh, endeavor, though, and it's pretty cutthroat. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's no, there's no like helping hand. I mean, sometimes there are some people that will mentor a young, young athlete. And yeah. I, I tried to do that when I was in the triathlon team because it's just such a, it's a rope climb that's, that's, that's brutal. And it's yeah. like you get dropped, you get dropped, you go home. Yeah. You get lost in some cases if you don't know the route. <laughs> yeah. um, so you, you went right into the, you know, the, the pinnacle of uh, endurance and especially cycling in the country. So what happened? Happen. How was it? Yeah, it was good. You know, so I went from uh, Cat Three to Cat Two in the first year and stuff right, like so that. So that's winning these races, and then you get recategorized. It stands for category, right. and so you're you're rising up the ranks. And once you get to Cat Two, that's extremely badass competitor. And then Cat One is only national level, right? Is above that. Well, yeah. So the P one twos race together. So once you're a Cat oh, Two, you're pros, with the pros, ones, and twos race together. So they have a fifty mile road race. You're on the line with. The what, guys from the Ivan tour Domingo's or whatever. Team yeah. Toyota United or whatever, which I did race with him and all that. So yeah, it's it's a major, major jump. Like going from Cat Four to Cat Three, it's like it's not Yay. Yeah, it's not your dad's proud of you and yeah, so is yeah. your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then uh Cat Pro One Two, then you're like with the big boys and stuff and the teams and people that know what they're doing and they've been training forever and former people that raced in Europe that are coming back and just trying to do this for fun. So yeah, so it's, you know, bike handling Yes, skills. just for fun. I like yeah. to crush the Americans in my spare time here. Yeah, totally. But it was, yeah, it was good. So yeah, um, a few mentors, you know, uh, Ben Day. So he's the saucer. A lot of Australians would move to Boulder because the, mm -hmm. the, the, they're, you know, the different, uh, the, the, you know, south of the... Endless summer, baby. Yeah, yeah. so they would, just, yeah. they would just do that cycle and so forth. And so um, Ben Day, he was my coach for a while. So he was uh, like a time trial champion. Mm -hmm. He raced for Toyota United. Uh, there was another Fly V was a, a pro team that did some tours and stuff like that. Um, so him, who else? Uh, Hank Vogels was another one that, that we would do some group rides. Uh, Mara Abbott, you'd probably familiar with her work. Um, she won, no, she got second in the last Olympics. Someone crashed and then caught up. It was crazy. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it, it was a great community and stuff like that. But I just realized that uh, it's such a grind and training six hours going on six hour rides all the time i just i'm like this can't be healthy like you just feel tired <laughs> like you're you know what i mean right. i thought yeah, there's just more yeah. to it um yeah and then so it was i i had a really bad uh bike wreck in colorado springs it was like a really windy it's really windy in the spring and uh landed on my head and i'm like it got a concussion and stuff like that and i just thought 
all right, I'm th that's it for me. That was a sign from the universe or God that mm -hmm. probably not cut out for this. And so, um, yeah, I had a good couple of years and then we'll just go on like, you know, lunchtime rides for mm -hmm. fun. And then once I had Inez, our six year old girl, I, I don't ride anymore. Um, mountain bike a little bit, but this was remember pre iPhone pre Instagram. Uh, I love this. I love this thread going on now, yeah. man. And we got into it. I was talking with Peter Atia and he mm. was, he was using the F bomb like crazy. Cause he got riled up about this issue of how dangerous it is out there, especially cause the drivers aren't, aren't, aren't being respectful of, you know, the life or death matter of riding on the open road. Right. And I love to make that recommendation of like, don't do it. Yeah. Especially if you got a little kid, uh, go mountain bike it. instead. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, funny. We're we're building consensus here. Yeah. So true. when you say pre iPhone, you meant that people paid were, attention when they're driving. Yeah, the the age of the distracted driver is here, like never yeah. before in the history of humanity, it's, and it's you know two thousand pound moving metal beast that is four moments of inattention. Mm -hmm. It's enough to take out a, a twenty one pound bicycle. Right. Oof. It's scary to think about. Yeah, and and just seeing just on the freeway how many people are texting and driving or whatever else and driving. It, uh, I just realized I'm like, it's not worth it. I mean, I love being out on the open road. You know, you've been to Boulder, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. You, you said you trained there did for a my, week. Did a few rides up to Nederland and Shh, whatever those, Canyon and yeah. left hand Canyon. I remember all the, yeah, yeah, all those rides. Yeah. And I mean, it's pretty country. I mean, it's, I don't know any other place to ride like that and, and beautiful, stunning scenery and hills. I, I mean, it's a great way to spend a Saturday for sure, but just the, the risk versus reward now, um, I'd rather just take my chances against the roots and the rocks and the trees on a mountain bike because yeah, you don't have the other distracted driver. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. my four worst crashes have all been on mountain bike. I want to discuss the incredible benefits of red light therapy and how you can get started with Mito Red Light. Mito, like mitochondria, red light makes the premier light therapy devices in the world and at incredibly affordable prices. I stand in front of my Mito Pro 1500 unit every morning, carefully exposing my eyeballs, other important balls, and my entire body to special wavelengths of red and near for red light. When I tell people about my daily devotion to red light therapy, they typically ask, does this stuff really work? And the answer is yes. And there are thousands of studies supporting its effectiveness. Here's how. It's called photobiomodulation where specific wavelengths of red and near-infrared light, red's visible, near-infrared is not visible, that's why it looks like only half of your panel's working, these wavelengths help mitochondria in cells throughout your body produce more energy and clear waste products more efficiently. Red light exposure helps mobilize nitric oxide trapped in the mitochondria and allows oxygen to return to the cell and increase ATP production. The the benefits are proven again and again for skin health, muscle recovery, joint pain, and numerous inflammatory conditions. Red light therapy is also beneficial for circadian rhythm alignment because we generally get far too little direct sunlight and too much indoor blue light from screens and light bulbs at the wrong times. You don't hear much about this benefit of red light therapy, but when I turn on those lights, 
first thing in the morning. As soon as I wake up, I walk across the hall, I stand in front of the panels, and I feel instantly awake and energized. And believe me, there's a lot of days where Mr. Health Guy here wakes up feeling a little groggy and a little whiny, like I don't want to right get up now and get into my morning exercise routine. But when I stand in front of the lights, in one minute, I swear I feel wide awake. I get all that grogginess out naturally. It's super powerful, super effective, besides all the healing and the cellular benefits. I also love it for being a natural wake-up machine. You have to try red light therapy. I am certain that you will become a devoted user. And guess what? Mito Red Light offers a 60-day no-risk trial period and a special 5% discount for BRAD podcast listeners. Just visit Mito Red Light, M-I-T-O, redlight.com, and use the code BRAD on any of their products. Go for it today and get started on your red light journey. Hey, ladies. You may have heard me talk about Gaines Wave treatment for improving male penile vascular health and sexual function, and maybe you thought, hey, what about my needs? Well, Gaines Wave has got you covered with a revolutionary new treatment protocol called Gaines Wave for Her. As with the male Gaines Wave treatment, a skilled practitioner uses a handheld device to send low-intensity shock waves into your vaginal area to stimulate a healing response, promote increased blood circulation, and the growth of new blood vessels. After a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results with Gaines Wave reporting an 80% success rate. Some benefits... You will revitalize your intimate relationships with heightened sensation and arousal and enhance pleasure and satisfaction. Don't contemplate invasive procedures or uncomfortable medical treatments. Regain confidence and reclaim your sexuality with Gaines Wave for her. You visit the website gainswave.com, G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area. You complete a series of treatments and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment. So please visit gainswave.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area and take advantage of my special promo that you'll mention when you find your local practitioner. Buy six treatments and get one free. Mm. Oh, broken ribs, broken thumb, concussion. Guess what? I'm here talking about it yeah. and, and um, you know, referencing those. And I could probably remember the year and have some cognitive function. So I'm not dead. So right. that's, the, that's the difference between road and mountain. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. So you got that out of your system. Uh-huh. Those nice hardcore crashes, man, they really do it for you. They, they recalibrate you. I remember, like, this was one of the last races of my career on the, mm. on the professional triathlon circuit. It was out in Embrun, France, in the Alps. And mm. uh, this Australian guy was leading, and he missed a turn going down a steep hill, and he just flew off the edge of the cliff. And he was okay, wow. but he had a pretty serious, you know, facial peel where he was open wounds and knocked out his teeth 
teeth and the whole thing. Oof. And he's down at the evening dinner, the celebratory dinner with the other athletes, mm -hmm. smiling and recounting his story to anyone who will listen. And just wow. with this great, good-natured Aussie spirit, that's just such a, uh, I love it about those guys mm -hmm. and their competitive nature where they're, they have a healthy competitive intensity, but not unhealthy like we often see in, in modern life. Yeah. But the guy was sitting there with this bloody ass face with his teeth out, smiling and talking about his crash. And wow. I looked him in the eye and I was like, this guy has something that I do not. And yeah. I need to you know, Figure realize that, yeah. that if, if you're not willing to commit that all the way to that level, mm -hmm. it's like, I knew I was on my way out because if I had peeled my face off on a mm -hmm. mountain crash and I would have been at the dentist looking, searching the road for the teeth fragments so I could get my teeth fixed. Yeah, you know? yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. So you have that nice transition I guess, into functional medicine, huh? Yeah, that was it. Well, so, I mean, I had a little help because I was doing consulting work for that nutrition company, mm -hmm. Biotics, and they're, they're a professional only. So when people think of supplements, they, they go to Amazon or they go to you know GNC. Those are, that's a retail sector. There's a big sector in the dietary supplement industry that people don't know about. It's called the professional only industry. Mm. It's a billion dollar market. A lot of people don't even know. But a lot of integrative or functional medicine based doctors, naturopathic physicians, compounding pharmacists carry a line of supplements. It, and the, these are more potent often. There's clinical research behind the ingredients. Yeah, so I was a you know, consultant for um, that company. And so I, I started to you know, go to these seminars as part of my education. There's this thing called the Nutritional Therapy Association, the NTP. Uh, now it's, you know, a lot of people go through this. And so I went through that in 2007. Um, it's more of a whole foods based model and stuff like that to address gut health and autoimmunity and everything like that. So yeah, so that's how I kind of started to learn functional medicine, you know, through that. And then the Institute for Functional Medicine um, has this week-long training called the AFMCP, Applying Functional Medicine in Clinical Practice. So I went through that, and then they have all these advanced modules. And so that's really kind of how I started to learn that stuff, yeah. So if we're not terribly familiar with that world, mm -hmm. and I'm going to speak for a lot of my buddies, I'm 53 now, you're younger than me, but sure. you know, now we're passing around emails with like, here's my blood report. What do you think, Brad? The yeah. doctor says I should inject testosterone because I'm low here. And, and you're looking at a, a general population mm -hmm. of bright, educated, hardworking people. They're not in the health industry. They might right. be in this, that, or the other thing. And they're going to their family doc or maybe a specialist. And that's their entire view of health. So I'm going to tee you up again and, sure. and, and talk about what are we discovering? We hear these things like gut health and mm -hmm. keto and these, these uh, breakthrough uh, theories, but um, some people are completely unplugged from it. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if you have not been exposed to it and, and really that's why I started my high intensity health platform, because, um, you know, you go to, to your traditional doctor, they test your blood work at best once a year, right? They just look at your glucose. You know, we just tested mine in real time. It changes all the time. <laughs> so it, you just save 30 bucks basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, most, even traditional doctors, because of how they practice, the average office visit, as you know, Brad, is, is around seven to 15 minutes. The doctors already have their diagnosis in their head. They often interrupt the patient. Uh, and so, you know, you might get one lab set, you know, for example, your, your friends that have low T or whatever, that could be from, from an infection. That could be something as stress. That could be interrelational problems with their spouse or partner, whatever it may be, right? So, you know, whereas functional medicine is looking at kind of this whole root cause, right? Where 
you know, if we're in our house right now, there's water coming down. We don't just put a bandaid on that. We go and look and say, okay, is the roof leaky? Where is it coming from? What's going on? And that's really how medicine should be practiced. But how a lot of healthcare practitioners and currently are still taught is more of this acute model. This acute model is great. Like if you or I are on a bike wreck and heaven forbid we get hit by cars, I don't want herbs and ashwagandha for our adrenals. I want to go to the emergency room and get the, uh, surgery or whatever. You know what I mean? So there's, there's an application for that. But if we volitionally, we don't exercise, we overeat junk food, going to using that emergency room type model is not helpful in this chronic lifelong induction of this disease state that is really diet or lifestyle induced. And so functional medicine is a different framework to look at lifestyle induced diseases and ailments. So it's really just a, a new vantage point to look at things. So, you know, the only tools that traditional doctors really have to work with are drugs and surgery because they're not trained in nutrition, like maybe an hour in an entire, you know, four years of medical school, for example, you know, doctors will tell me that. Yeah. Or, or some is less, it's getting to be more, um, but yeah, so it's, so it's drug surgery procedures. I mean, again, th these are just the tools that they get paid for practicing when they start practicing outside of those lines. I mean, it's, that's the tricky part about it. And that's why a lot of doctors now don't take insurance. Hmm. They just take cash because they can practice how they want to practice. And they can tell people like your friends at 55 that have low T. Okay. Well, we could just put you on testosterone, but first we need to look at your sleep. We need to look at your nutrition. We need to look at all of those things because if we just put you on testosterone, that could aromatize into estrogen and cause you to have man boobs, which you don't want. And so that, you know what I mean? So just ap applying that quote unquote allopathic or band-aid approach is not the, the way to go. And so I think the world is opening up to this because healthcare expenditures are just becoming exceedingly a great, greater and greater percentage of the GDP gross mm -hmm. domestic product. And it's going to bankrupt the U S and other countries if we don't change things. So right. it's interesting. Doug McGuff uh, said that literally and gave mm -hmm. charts and arguments that I think he said the year was 2060, mm -hmm. that if the rate of type two diabetes only, not, not all the other illnesses and other healthcare problems we have, yeah. but if that continues at the current rate, we'll bankrupt the U S treasury in 2060. It's just from people eating carbs. I mean, honestly, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's scary to think about. And, and not only that, so the younger generation, I mean, even, you know, when we went through and took biology class, I mean, we, we heard of this thing called adult onset diabetes, type two right. diabetes. And they so change the it name. only happens to adults, but now we're seeing kids with diabetes and kids that need insulin and stuff like that. So it's like, the crazy thing is, you know, norm, in our generation, like I know you help out with your family and your parents and stuff and their health, you know, in 30, 40 years, you know, will the children be fit and healthy enough to take care of their parents who are getting diseases earlier than our, you know, I never so thought about that, Mike, we're going to, who's like, going to be taking yeah, care of the grandkids going to be taking care of dad and grandpa. Oh, mercy. I, I it's yeah. And that's where we've look at the economics of healthcare. A lot of the costs are end of life care. Oh, um, a huge percentage. Like yeah. it's, it's like this giant balloon payment at the end for the last year or something. That's kind of crazy too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's scary to think about. But here's the cool thing. I mean, that's the doom and gloom. The, the good thing is there's a lot of physically active people that go to social media to get their resources, and they realize that the traditional doctors are like not giving them good advice anyway. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's causing change much, much faster. So we were talking about the bad of Instagram and all that for the, in the context of bike riding. But I think it's good in the context of like sharing ideas, you know, 
Or success stories, if nothing success else. Success stories. Right. I mean, yeah. you were there when Primal and Paleo took off. I mean, it happened quickly, but not like keto. Like, mm -hmm. it, and not everyone knew about Paleo. Now, I mean, you, you can, you know, uh, go to the airport. I was just at the airport, uh, well, yesterday, but when I was checking my bags Monday, uh, this lady was, you know, I, I don't tell people what I do in public. I just kind of talk about things. And, and she was talking about her weight and this and that. A Southwest Airlines, she was, you know, checking my bags. And she's like, yeah, and I just started that keto diet. And she was hyping wow. it up. And I was pretending like I didn't know what she was talking about. Oh, what kind of diet is that? And she was describing to me what it is. So I don't think I've ever heard someone in public in 2007 talk about paleo, unless you find them at a paleo right. restaurant or whatever. Right. So, yeah, yeah, the internet's changing things quick, which it's is cool. incredible. And it's, um, when you see those little tipping points happen, I mean, that, that story you relate about the Southwest Airlines person is, you know, has profound implications. Right. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so back to keto. You're, yeah. yeah. You, you describe so beautifully too uh, on your shows, the theme that, you know, this is a, this is a cleaner burning fuel. It produces less, less oxidative stress inflammation than, than glucose when our brains are used to burning this, this dirty burning fuel source, but also that other component where we get a little more sciency and talking about the genetic signaling effects. So I'd like to yeah. cover that a little bit to, to expand the, uh, the minds of even someone who's familiar with the, the weight loss benefits and things like that. Sure. Um, to expand, some some more on kind of the nerdy stuff that, that people can yeah, let's go nerdy man yeah, Nerd yeah I mean, time. so that you know the thing is i mean we kind of talked a little bit more about it you know um butyric acid so so let's just really wind back the clock uh i think a lot of your listeners exercise probably. i hope so we hope we hope they it's do it's a good way to get over yourself you exercise <laughs> yeah. have fun right. maybe go get your ass kicked at a, at a local pickup basketball game so you're there not you, you don't think you're just hot stuff on your own right right yeah. So exercise, yeah, is a great way to, a humbling way, and especially because you see so many other people that are way stronger than you and you realize like, wow, this is impressive, like the power of the human body. But yeah, so when we exercise, when we fast or when we eat a low carb, high fat style diet, a few things kind of happen and it's it really, you know, ketosis and fat burning is kind of contingent upon low glucose, low insulin and high glucagon. And that's kind of the recipe. And we think about like, you know, how do you make a milkshake or how do you make a smoothie? Like you need protein powder and a few other things, berries maybe. So that's a recipe to tell our body to start releasing fatty acids that are stored in our fat tissue. That then gets sent either directly as fuel to the muscles. So those free fatty acids sent to the muscles to be utilized as fuel. Uh, or also our liver takes the burden and can start converting these things uh, into ketones. And ketones are really necessary to help the brain because like I said, our, our heart tissue, our muscles can utilize these, these free fatty acids, but the brain, for whatever reason, the transport mechanisms don't work that way. So in order to get the brain to utilize a fuel, because remember glucose is low, we need ketones. So the liver has, there's systems that have evolved. The liver starts making these ketones, beta hydroxybutyrate and acetoacetate. I said them in the reverse order. It makes acetoacetate first, which is converted into BHP. That's what we measure. Now there's breath acetone testing, which is even more detailed. But anyhow, um, so that's kind of the basics of it. And this metabolite beta-hydroxybutyrate that we can measure to see if we're in ketosis, which experts have are kind of changing their ideas. It's kind of used to be defined that you're in nutritional ketosis at 0.5 millimolar blood level. Now people are saying, well, maybe 0.3 millimolar. Oh, that's great. Cause when I was doing my experimenting for writing the book, I was yeah. putting up these low numbers and then going into searching and talking to Dr. Kate Shanahan. And she's yeah. talking about ketone flux where you're doing great. You're making the ketones, your brains are burning. And that's why you don't 
don't have high blood levels. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, good. Some different understandings are happening. But I think basically uh, the start of your conversation is uh, low carbohydrate intake or low caloric intake so that you get that glucose and insulin low, right. which is an extremely rare situation today as we're living on these regular meals our entire life and they're usually containing a lot of carbs. So we have continually high glucose, high insulin, have nothing to do with ketones. So exactly. we've made this major dietary transformation and now we're now we're picking up the conversation. Totally. No, that's a, that's a great summary and recap, you know. And yeah, I think, you know, meal frequency is a big part of it and that's the other thing that a lot of people kind of forget. Um, you know, if they want to fully achieve some of the benefits of ketosis, you need to kind of go to, through those periods where there's no fuel in the tank at all. And then again, that causes your body to become more thrifty and to kind of make energy from anew. Right? It's not from anew, it's from stored body fat, which is ultimately the goal. And as a sidebar, because body fat is not just this inert, inanimate thing, it's very metabolically and immunologically active. Talk a lot about that in my book, Belly Fat Effect. But um, very pro-inflammatory, releasing cytokines, releasing mm. adipocytokines. People may have heard of things like leptin, very pro-inflammatory. It's not just involved in appetite and satiety. So yeah, there's a lot of complexities there. And experiencing you know, a little bit of hardship in the form of <laughs> no glucose around causes your body to adapt and do cool things. And that's what, again, going back to why the keto diet is so powerful, is it causes your mitochondria, I'm sure you talked about this on the show, these little cells within our cell, these little energy manufacturing, this is where ultimately, I mean, a lot of people think like, oh, well, when I eat a brownie or a cupcake or a sweet potato, that's energy my body uses, yeah. But your body doesn't directly utilize glucose, like it kind of splits it into other molecules and ultimately makes ATP. Like that's the cash currency. And the way to kind of reframe that is like, you know, you can use a check or you can use PayPal or you can use a credit card or cash, right? And so it's just the energy currency. The cash kind of is the king if you think about buying things. Um, so yeah, and it turns out that this molecule that our liver makes in this environment uh, has a lot of secondary offshooting, you know, uh, anti-inflammatory effects. And that's how it affects uh, the neurology in someone that has epilepsy. Uh, by affecting the brain chemistry in a different way. And so there's a lot, and that's of course the original application and use and, and you know, driving force behind how we understand ketosis is because fasting was um, no, in the, you know, the turn of the 19th century was the tool to help, you know, children with epilepsy. And so now we're kind of hacking that and, and better understanding the, the molecular mechanisms, the immuno immunological and how it affects the immune system. Turns out that ketones really turn down this pro-inflammatory signaling hub called the NLRP3 inflammasome. And so, you know, many diseases that people suffer from now, hypertension, mm -hmm. you know, heart issues, congestive heart failure, diabetes, autoimmunity and allergies. A lot of people now, you know, taking Claritin and antihistamines is like a normal thing. It's just like part of their life. I'm pleased to present B-Rad grass-fed whey protein isolate superfuel, the absolute highest quality, all natural protein supplement infused with creatine that delivers everything you need to optimize your appetite for fat loss, recover quickly from workouts, and build and maintain lean muscle mass, the single most important attribute for aging gracefully. Our protein comes directly from small family farms in America's dairy land of Wisconsin. It's cold processed and micro filtered for maximum bioavailability and digestibility. So please, 
Don't mess with the many cheap commodity protein supplements that are ineffective, inferior, less pure, and often contain junk sweeteners, especially the plant-based offerings that are vastly less bioavailable than the gold standard of protein supplements that's whey protein isolate. Whether you're in your peak athletic years looking to grow and recover or in the older age groups trying to delay aging and decline, whey and creatine are widely agreed to be the most critical and effective supplements to take for the rest of your life. You can easily stir the super fuel in water or make a delicious smoothie every day. I'm certain that you're going to love the pleasant, light, natural vanilla bean and cocoa bean flavors. So try some on Amazon today. It's a huge hit with dozens of five-star reviews. Or you can order direct from bradnutrition.com with our buy three, get one free, and make the super fuel a centerpiece of your daily routine. Hey, ladies. You may have heard me talk about Gaines Wave treatment for improving male penile vascular health and sexual function, and maybe you thought, hey, what about my needs? Well, Gaines Wave has got you covered with a revolutionary new treatment protocol called Gaines Wave for Her. As with the male Gainswave treatment, a skilled practitioner uses a handheld device to send low-intensity shock waves into your vaginal area to stimulate a healing response, promote increased blood circulation, and the growth of new blood vessels. After a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results with Gainswave reporting an 80% success rate. Some benefits... You will revitalize your intimate relationships with heightened sensation and arousal and enhance pleasure and satisfaction. Don't contemplate invasive procedures or uncomfortable medical treatments. Regain confidence and reclaim your sexuality with Gaines Wave for her. You visit the website gainswave.com, G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area. You complete a series of treatments and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment. So please visit gainswave.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area and take advantage of my special promo that you'll mention when you find your local practitioner. Buy six treatments and get one free. <laughs> um, the average Medicare eligible individual, 65 or older, takes on average five medicines, right? Uh, and, and so anyway, it's cool to have a dietary therapy that has a drug-like effect, but see how drugs work. It, it's like a nail on one very specific target. You take a statin, it lowers this enzyme called HMG-CoA reductase, right? Uh, you take an ACE inhibitor, it affects this angiotensin receptor, and you know that affects the blood pressure. But when you are in a state of nutritional ketosis from diet, exercise, and what have you, you have this whole network. It's, a, it's like this spider web that's being pulled in all these different directions that have mostly nothing but positive effects on the body. So these mitochondria, these energy generating cells within our cell, uh, DNA stability, uh, reducing inflammation, uh, affecting the ratios of GABA to glutamate in the brain. So changing how maybe uh, you know, anxious we might be and mm. so forth. Um, even changing the microbiome, this organ system that unfortunately many, it wasn't even, we didn't know much about this until the Human Microbiome Project in 2012. But 
this this metabolically active so if we think about our liver it has a tons of metabolic functions it's the most metabolically active organ in our body it has like 5600 metabolic functions mm -hmm. if you want to like quantify it the microbiome has 5600 or or so known metabolic functions so th these bugs that we used to think were bad we had to give them antibiotics are as metabolically active as our most metabolically active organ right and so that's the other thing that's kind of lost in the in the narrative of the ketogenic diet as of late is you know just eating bacon and ribeye all day doesn't favorably change your microbiome and mm. so you know we're going back to looking at how you know lauren cordain and mark sisson probably talked about this and looking at the hunter gatherers what they eat they eat a lot of fiber they have what we know to be called now dietary diversity so they're not eating the same foods every day because they eat in the seasons what's available right and that changes throughout the year. And so that's kind of the narrative that is coming back, hopefully, you know, to the, the ketogenic diet movement is, is relying up more upon these evolutionary principles that made the paleo diet successful for a lot of people. So you mentioned the, the, the fasting and the, the, the seizure protection. And so we've known for over a century mm -hmm. these profound benefits from being in a fasted or even in a starvation state is when your body starts to function more optimally because it's a life or death matter that you're starving. Yeah. You've got to conserve energy, repair cells better, all those things. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose that this is undisputed, right? You're not going to have naysayers talking about these these touted benefits of fasting don't exist as is kind of established, right? right. As, as not a contentious point. So when you have these, uh, the, the great contention that's out there now about keto being bullshit or being unhealthy or dangerous, all that, how is this still happening when, when all the information is being spread so beautifully? Yeah, that's a wonderful point, Brad. I think it's like we talked about offline, it's being obfuscated and, and people have a hard time mentally unconnecting nutritional ketosis with diabetic ketoacidosis. I mean, that's one thing, right? So a lot of doctors, you know, I mean, if we learn something, like even in sports nutrition, right? As a former professional triathlete, um, you know, it's hardwired, like you gotta carb up, you know, carb load. So so then when, um, gosh, the paleo diet for athletes, Cordain, and who, what was the other gentleman that co-wrote that? Uh, Friel? Yeah, yeah, Derek Joe Friel. Joe Friel's Joe. a coach, yeah. Yeah, there's brothers, right, in Boulder or something. I can't remember. What's up, Boulder? Let's find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so, so he, they were introducing this novel concept about like, you know, you don't need to carb load, like just right. sport specific. Like if you're before you do a big event or whatever, because if you have the pasta the night before, you could put on fat, right? So I think we're kind of relearning a lot of old ideas. But for some athletes, the idea that you don't need to carb load before the event, like if you didn't train that day, like that's hardwired, like they're not gonna unlearn that. And so I think that's what we're hearing about. Um, a lot of people are fat phobic because they grew up in the 80s and 90s when fat was vilified because of industry funded science and all that. And then they're obfuscating and confusing, uh, you know, diabetic ketoacidosis and how that's bad. And how, well, then if that's bad, and then how could nutritional ketosis be good? And, you know, it's just a matter of the fact that if by definition to be in nutritional ketosis, glucose and insulin are low. When you're in a diabetic ketoacidosis, that's overt insulin resistance and it's just like metabolic overload. And so the body is, is trying to get rid of all these different things because insulin's normally inhibitory signals are not there. And so you're getting the liver is making out glucose and making this insulin basically uh, irrelevant unless season. you're a type one or you have a, a liver damage or something. Totally. So that's part for of it. Most, for yeah. most, the average person, um, you know, any insulin at all around and they're going to suppress ketosis. So it's virtually not going to happen.
So yeah. So back in 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 the world of keto, and we're we're supportive of it. We're interested, uh, and we're chowing the bacon uh, and the butter coffee, yeah. and having these snacks all day. And I mean, we're even fielding questions from people on our Facebook group or emails saying like, uh, "How do I get up to my fat levels in terms mm. of figuring out what to eat?" And you know, I don't know where that notion ever came from that you have like a threshold of fat that you have to consume yeah. so you can get to ketosis. But it's a very common notion that. Right. Eating more fat will cause you to make more ketones. I don't even know if that's, is that true? And if it is, uh, how do we reconcile with, I, I'm proposing that the optimal way to get into ketosis is through that carb restriction slash calorie restriction, totally. spending time fasting. Yeah, and exercising. That's, that's the Oh, idea. and exercising, sure, yeah, exercising. to deplete the cellular energy, right. Totally, okay. and cause the demand. Again, because... No one has a body fat deficiency. That's, I mean, very few people uh, have a deficiency of body fat. You know, they're <laughs> characterized as, you know, having anorexia or bulimia or some other eating disorder or cachexia in a you know, disease state. And those aren't really candidates for ketosis anyhow. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I like to encourage people to cause their own, to burn their own body fat. I mean, I know it's a novel concept, you know, just kidding. But yeah, we, you know, that's the idea. So there is a threshold to how much the body, first of all, fats, are very easily absorbed, but they need a lot of post-meal processing. Mm. And so when you, and so I've looked a lot, I mean, we've had some videos early, as early as 2016 about this. I started to read into this. They, so if scientists have radioisotoped fatty acids, um, you know, in a meal, okay? So like label them with deuterium, I can't remember what it is, a different form of hydrogen, so that they could look at this and using like x-ray technology and have found that after 18 hours of eating a high fat meal, uh, fat molecules from that meal can be found within the enterocytes that those are the cells of the small intestine. So the gut can literally store fat for that long. So you're doing the, if someone's doing the butter coffee not bad in all contexts, but just hear it out, mm -hmm. bulletproof coffee, fat bombs, all this sort of stuff, bacon that, you know, trying to like hit their fat macros, they can run into a challenge because the body can only process so much. Hmm. And there's some research articles, and I did a YouTube live on this a few weeks ago called Metabolic Overload, where literally the liver is like, like right, so you're asking me to burn body fat and deal with all this fat from your diet. Like, we, there's only so much we can do here. Um, and that's, I think, where you run into problems, where people start to gain weight, they get GI issues, they have issues, you know, digesting this with, you know, bile salts and gallbladder function. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think it's, I mean, I went through this too when I first started, cause I'm like, oh, I gotta relearn all it and made it way more complicated, you know, and having too much fat. But I, that's, I that think that's gonna lead to more problems than good. Is it gonna affect your blood numbers? Is that something that people are maybe experimenting and looking at a higher number on their meter because they're eating these high fat meals rather than fasting? Is there any of that going on? I think so. And so they're, they're chasing ketones because they've heard, right. they, uh, you know, associate, well, ketosis is good, higher levels must be better. So yeah, but they forget, you know, the goals that they're achieving. So yeah, I mean, you see this early on where people have these ketone levels of like you and I probably burn way more fat when we work out compared to some of these people, right? We're better fat burners because we're adapted and so on. Um, but some people are chasing like, yes, I have three millimolars of ketones. It's like, well, that's not really something you brag about. Uh, <laughs> so let's just make a, an analogy, right? Um, no one brags about having a blood glucose of 200, right? But yet, why do we brag about having high ketone levels? Like, 
it's energy in the system. You don't want too much energy in the system not being utilized. Like it's better to be more efficient, right? And so that's the thing where if we, we make comparable analogies and put this thing in, into context, it doesn't necessarily higher in this case is not, is not always better. So um, it would be cool if your performance increased or you could exercise longer without having food. Like, you know, those are metrics to like right. brag about, but having high energy in the system just for no reason is not a point of like, uh, you shouldn't be proud of that in my estimation. It could be a, a sign of struggle of this metabolic overload. Exactly. just like with the glucose level going up high. Yeah. Wow, I haven't heard it put quite like that. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm working on a new book and so I'm really getting into the details of this to help people better understand. And there's these different rate limiting enzymes in the liver. And again, wh when there's too much substrate coming in, it becomes overloaded and it just starts sending out, you know, a second, and this is where it can be problematic because we've heard that like, you know, fats are better than glucose and there are shirts, ketones are better than glucose and that, you know, and that, sure, okay, to if a point. A, if it's on a shirt though, that makes it's it proof, legit. Man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if someone has it on the internet, like it must be. Yeah, okay, <laughs> done with that topic, next. No, no, yeah, go yeah. ahead, yeah, okay. So. But, um, you know, there's toxic fatty acid intermediates, sphingolipids and ceramides and all these things that are a little complex, but it's not that sugar's always bad and fat is always good. There's context and application and, and believe it or not, you can have too much of this. And so, yeah, I think I would just caution people, uh, again, apply the principles like we talked about, like get into ketosis through exercise or fasting and, and make healthful changes in your diet and don't chase numbers just because you think they're good. So one question that's been on my mind, uh, as an athletic person trying to perform magnificent athletic feats, break the Guinness World Record and speed golf, uh, advancing age, so I'm not recovering that great and I'm just doing the best I can, right? I don't have any uh, concerns in my blood work of metabolic risk factors. I don't have excess body fat. Is my approach to keto going to be different than someone who is coming from metabolic damage, extreme desire and frustration to drop excess body fat? Are we going to fast differently, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, for you, because you're active, you don't need to fast as much or for as long. Um, just something as simple as like compressing your feeding window to say 10 hours or 12 hours, which is you're eating eight to eight, you know, something simple like that. Um, because again, going over that 12 hours, this is um, Dr. Panda's becoming prominent with this uh, contention yeah. that we want to have this maximum window that doesn't exceed 12 hours because our digestive system should turn off. And that was a revelation to me because we're talking about anything that goes down the pipe, anything that's xenobiotic that has to be processed, such as a herbal tea with no calories, mm -hmm. starts the clock. And then that little square of dark chocolate I have at 9.30 at night. Yeah, so yeah. my tea at 7 a.m., I, I was missing that window quite a bit, even when I was fasting, keto, doing this, doing that. Mm. So you, uh, you buy into that? Does that sound like a, a good starting point to hit strive for a maximum? of 12 hours? I think so. I think uh, um, a, a minimum of 12 hours, I think is good. Um, but for, for yeah. some of the, the more overweight people that are not uh, exercise tolerant and all that, they might want to go for longer. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it has to do with, you know, these whole circadian clock system and, and it's super, super fascinating stuff. Um, you know, put that big part of the whole belly fat effect book that I wrote in 2014. Mm. But uh, yeah, so, so you could get away someone that's more physically active like yourself 
you may want to hit, you, you may not want to undereat because performance is one of your metrics. It's your goal. And so when you underdo calories, that's just as not unhealthy as overdoing them. You know what I mean? So for you, you might want to maybe have more dietary fat or, um, you know, have more carbohydrates around exercise. And because we're, you know, again, we're using these fuels, carbs are not always bad. You know, when I lift weights, for example, I like to have like, and this is what I do when I was bike racing is dried avocados, not avocado, uh, apricots, you know, mangoes, <laughs> dried things. avocados. Yeah. yeah. That would be interesting. Um, but yeah, so I'd have like in my back pocket, you know, when you, you ride, you these jerseys have little pockets. I would always put dried fruit in there and I would never have a lot of carbs before. But as soon as we started riding, I would just have like a dried apricot, um, dried, you know, figs were my favorite because you could really suck on them for a long time. And mm -hmm. gosh, they taste so good when you're about to bonk and you have a dried piece of fruit. It really kind of kicks you back. Um, but yeah, so, so diets do look definitely different for the active versus the people that are very overweight. Um, and again, so it's, it's not like starving yourself for the calorie deficit totally, but again, you, you know, kind of, I think it's, you know, some people will say, well, you know, keto only works, you know, and intermittent fasting works because well, you're just cutting calories, but there's something different from overt calorie restriction and intentional intermittent fasting or time restricted feeding. Like they're different. I know it sounds like if you look at the sum total of the calories over a course of a week, they might be similar. But the intentional calorie restriction, it has adverse changes to your metabolism compared to, um, you know, trying to compress your feeding window. They're, they are different metabolically, and I know that's hard for people to kind of grapple with. And that's what a lot of the naysayers say about the keto diet is, oh, well, of course, there's calorie restricting. Like, that's why you lose weight. But it's like, no, no, no. It's a little bit more intentional than just like eating, you know, carrots and celery till your belly fills up. You know what people do when they calorie restrict. It's totally different than that. And there's a different metabolic phenotype that's created as a result. Well, there's no suffering involved, uh, theoretically, when you're mm. eating these rich, uh, high satiety meals, okay. emphasizing natural fats, where the calorie restriction is going to be a short-term operation to fit into uh, your, your cruise ship uh, bikini. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a great point. So back to that, uh, I, I know we got to wrap up pretty soon, but... Um, the, the functional medicine world, mm -hmm. if we're going to tiptoe in there, maybe a little bit dissatisfied with what the doctor said and want to take some second guessing before we go on statins because our total cholesterol was over 200. Yeah. Um, what are some of the big picture items that might be, uh, that we might explore or maybe go look at some of your shows about the gut microbiome or kind of mm -hmm. the, kind of the initial entry points that you'd say most bang for your buck? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, changing how you breathe while you're asleep is a great oh, launching yeah. point. I mean, we, we all yeah. hear about getting your eight hours and that's all you need. But um, if you're breathing for eight hours and you're breathing through your mouth, uh, actually the neurology of sleep has shown that when you're sleeping, you, your body temporarily becomes paralyzed, different muscle groups at different times as a repair mechanism. The analogy that one neurologist, Stasha Gomenek, that I've interviewed has told me and described why this works. It's like if your garbage disposal is clogged up, you don't stick your hand in there when it's turned on. You stick your hand in when it's turned off, right? Um, I did yeah. stick my hand into a stick blender one time Oof. when I had my other hand on the trigger. I was cleaning it, and then I got my thumb wrapped up in a little cyclone. It was yeah, oh don't don't do it. Did you have to yeah. go to the stitches, stitches and everything? And oh yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah. so the body knows this inherently, you know, and so uh, it different muscle groups become paralyzed, and one muscle group that becomes paralyzed while we're in these deep phases of sleep is our tongue. 
And if that happens, if you're breathing right through your mouth, you can understand you create hypoxia or oxygen deficit, which is of course stressful to the body. And the brain starts to release things like stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, noradrenaline. And so we can have a very unrestful night of sleep, even if we're getting eight hours, if we're improperly breathing. So very simple tip, you know, and a segue into learn and get confidence in this lifestyle or functional medicine is just taping your mouth shut before you go to bed. So. Yes, my my girlfriend. We we talk about that sometimes when I'm when I'm uh, talking too long. The yeah, suggestion to tape my the... mouth shut because she's, <laughs> she's big into functional medicine. Mm -hmm. Is that a possible symptom of uh, sleep apnea? The, the, the snoring is a possible symptom of having some uh, yes snoring, issues. Snoring is a symptom hypoxia of sleep and all that stuff. Yeah, well, so you shouldn't be snoring. Shouldn't be snoring. Yeah, yeah. Wow. or or yeah. some people just kind of that kind of thing. Uh huh. Uh -huh. So yeah, you're, you're breathing through your mouth and, um, yeah, I mean, so if we look at, I mean, the difference of functional medicine is, is looking at things on a spectrum. It's like in traditional medicine, it's like, you know, well, Brad, your glucose is 95. The cutoff for diabetes is 110. You're doing great. So it's these, these black and white, there's no spectrum, but we, we know that diabetes, it is not just like you eat crap for 10 years, all of a sudden. Um, you get diabetes. We know it's been progressing that long and then it becomes diagnosable. So that's the difference. So if we look at the spectrum of say um, sleep apnea, well, people will say, I don't need to mouth tape. I don't have sleep apnea. Well, it's like, okay, you don't yet have sleep apnea, but you have sleep disorder breathing. So it's a spectrum. And, and so the, you know, people that are snoring, wake up with a dry mouth, uh, people that wake up unrefreshed or can't remember their dreams, that is, those are symptoms Ooh. that lead to this thing that we know to be called sleep apnea, but it, you're on the spectrum of that, of sleep disorder breathing. So you can course correct by just taping your mouth or there's chin strap, there's a lot of like modalities, um, but just using 3M micropore tape has been a game changer for myself. Oh. Uh, I, I wish I could say 3M that. 3M what tape? 3M micropore tape. Oh, so I thought you were going to say like Mike Mutzel. Uh, I wish I needed. I need to tape. come up with. This show the, is sponsored by mouth yeah. taping. Yeah. No, I I would like to eventually do that, but I have a lot of other ideas. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that could be a strategy. There's a product called SomniFix that helps too. So that's a hypoallergenic latex uh, adhesive. So it, it's specifically designed for people that have sleep apnea, sleep disorder, breathing, that snore. Um, yeah, so do, I want to thank Dr. Mark Berhenna. He's a, a sleep disorder specialist and dentist in the Bay Area. He taught me this back in, was it 2015 or 2016? Can't remember. Mm -hmm. But I've been um, telling people about this ever since because like, I woke up and I remembered every little detail of my dream. I, I, at first, I thought he was kidding when you tape your mouth shut. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, he's like, no, no, this is a legit thing. And um, it's, it's, a, it's like the new keto, this thing, Whew, mouth tape, that is, big, huh? it's blowing You're up. You're freaking me out because I never remember my dreams. Mm. Once in 90 days, I'll have a quick memory when I wake up yeah. and that's it. And then people, you know, will come to me and say like, dude, you were in my dream. It was mm. a trip. We were climbing up the Alpe d'Huez. I'm like, what? I, I feel like they're making it up because yeah. I have no reference point of vivid dream memories. I think I am dreaming and then I forget. So you gotta go back. Yeah. I got to go tape my mouth shut, man. You really do. What I are mean, we going to do about the show? We'll just have, <laughs> we'll just tee you up. I'll write your questions on a piece of paper. Yeah. 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 So I would, I would, um, it, it's awesome. I mean, it's, I even, my daughter, she's six year old, six years old and We've been taping her mouth since she was four. Well, a lot of parents do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's her parenting yeah. strategy. They do it during the day when, yeah, they're, yeah. when they're in the Walmart raising heck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so people might be wondering, okay, like, well, what's the 
our ancestors didn't tape their mouth shut. Like, why should I do this? And it's a natural, you know, progressive question that people could consider. But our ancestors also were breastfed, you know, for years, right? They were not given antibiotics. They were born vaginally instead of C-section, et cetera. So all those things affect, actually, believe it or not, our, you know, dentists are mm. confirming this. Weston A. Price elucidated this a long time ago, the whole facial and airway development. And so if you don't have those, like, kind of what we call evolutionary or primal early influences in your life, then your septum is going to be screwed up. Your maxilla is going to be small. Your airway is going to be constricted. So mouth breathing becomes like the default mode network. And so what we're trying to do is kind of rewire our neurology and breathing patterns such that breathing through our nose is the new normal. And so this can be something that maybe just people do for a little while and they train their body to a certain point, or it can be something that's ongoing. Like, for example, I had a lot of orthodontic work when I was a kid, antibiotics and all that. So it's like, for me, it's very, very helpful. Um, eventually, would it be nice to not tape my mouth shut? Yeah, but I love waking up refreshed. My aura ring tells me I got a good mm. night's sleep. Uh, my blood sugar's you know normalized and all that. Uh, <laughs> it's going down to, it's, it dropped down one point for the yeah, show. Right, right. Uh, so, well, would you maybe have to pair that with a breathe right out of the gate if you have trouble? I, I remember some occasions where I switch from nose to mouth mm -hmm. because I'm stuffed up, I'm in a new environment, and I got allergies. Totally. But yeah. the breathe right I found, I kind of got addicted to it. I loved it so much. Because right. you just in get, your nose? Yeah, or? the breathe right strip like the athletes have. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it just opens up the nose in case you have a little bit of stuffiness, and you'll get the you'll get the air you need through the nose. I don't know if that's interfering with the goal or not. No, no. That, I think that is. The goal. So we're just going to just going to strap up at night with all yeah. kinds of I mean, stuff. Yeah. I have not done. I've been thinking about that, Brad. I appreciate that because I want to. Can you buy them at like? Oh sure, breathe right nasal strips. You go on Amazon and get them, um, yeah. You know, I, I don't see the application for athletics. I think that's a gimmick because mm -hmm. I don't think you're running out of oxygen and you're going to get more through your nose. Yeah. Uh, but at night, I was like relying upon those things during, especially during the allergy season. Yeah. I mean, you can see, you can imagine what it would do if you just take your hands and uh. wide your nostrils open and all of a sudden you don't have that uh, enclosure, especially if you're in flames. So sure. yeah, we're going to awesome. go, we're going to go breathe right Heck yeah. and mouth tape and put the package together. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Buy it at once. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, peel and stick, reusable. When you go to China and, and work with the manufacturer. Mike, <laughs> thanks for catching up. I know you're a busy guy. Yeah, you did some great fun. shows. We saw we saw an athlete coming in here talking his thing right before me, and yeah. now you're off to the next thing. And yeah. so we can we can get on board this train, right? We can go to YouTube and yep. uh, go for high intensity health. Subscribe. That'd be great. Join the 127,000 other people. <laughs> Good you're memory. doing great work. I Thank appreciate you. it, man. My pleasure. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thanks, Brad. Dun, 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 dun. That's your um, show music at high speed, by the way. Because yeah. I, I listen to my podcast at 1.5 to 2.0 speed. Some of you I have to take down to 1.0. Mm. There's like... Yeah. I don't know if I hit that exactly, but... Close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I switched it up a little bit. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, I've been yeah. changing I'll, the I'll learn around. the new one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's more like... A, I mean, I grew up listening to hip hop and all that. Like, I grew up in the 90s. So, like, I know that... Not everyone that listens to my stuff likes the same music I do. So I, it's interesting. My soul's escaping through this hole that is gaping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that kind of... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Funny. Switch it up, man. Yeah. I'm in. Cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Hi, Brad Kearns, co-author of the New York Times bestselling Keto Reset Diet. And guess what? We have a fabulous, comprehensive online multimedia mastery course to help you go keto the right way. Mark Sisson and I working on this book project, digital course, we are so happy because we realize that the hype 
and the popularity, the exploding popularity of keto comes with it a lot of misinformation and ill-advised approaches where people jump into this not knowing anything, not preparing properly, and struggle and suffer or have a brief short-term success, floating on stress hormones because of the extreme dietary transition without proper preparation, and then they crash and burn and go back to regular life or say, yeah, I don't think it's good for women or it's not good for athletes. So let's do something right for once when you're talking about a dietary transformation, put the hype aside, get educated properly, and have a total immersive experience where we guide you with all the tips and information and education that you need to not only do it the right way, but know why you're doing it the right way. Our multi-stage approach is what distinguishes the Keto Reset from the Hype Shortcut programs. So first you undergo a 21-day metabolism reset, where you ditch those terrible foods that are prevalent in the modern diet, the grains, sugars, refined vegetable oils, and you transition over to the ancestral-style foods that are colorful and nutrient-dense and not going to spike your glucose and cause an insulin rush and keep you in that carbohydrate dependency pattern, which is no fun and also will promote disease and aging. So we do the reset. Then we have a fine tuning period where we engage in fasting, always comfortable, always just seeing where your body is rather than forcing things to happen. So you do some fasting, you get good at metabolic flexibility. That means that you're good at burning stored energy like fat, like ketones when you need them. And then finally, you go into a focused period of nutritional ketosis that lasts for a minimum of six weeks to get the maximum metabolic benefit, these benefits that you can enjoy the rest of your life. So when you go to ketoreset.com, K-E-T-O-R-E-S-E-T.com, you can learn about the books and the cookbooks and then get a little test drive through the course with some video explanation. I think you'll really appreciate it if you're interested in keto. So check it out. And guess what? Since you're listening to me talk about this so patiently, I'm going to give you 20% off your course enrollment. Just use the code BRAD2020, BRAD20, when you check out, and that'll knock 20% off your enrollment fee. KetoReset.com. Hey, have you heard of genetic testing by now? You probably have. Yes, for the first time in history, we are able at a simple and affordable transaction to basically spit into a plastic tube, mail it off, and find out what your genes are all about. I love working with DNAFit.com because it's so simple. You get a wonderful infographic report, which is easy to understand. You don't have to wade through a lot of science. Yes, you're going to get a detailed printout of many, many pages talking about the interactions of the various genes that are present and expressed in your body or not and how that affects your health. But the one-page infographic, that's when we're really talking because you can get actionable tips and insights that you have an elevated need for vitamin D, that you have a low tolerance for alcohol or a high tolerance for caffeine or lactose or omega-3s or antioxidants, the most important and life-changing insight 
that I received from my DNA fit test was that my genetics reveal a muscular makeup that's 54% power and strength and only 46% endurance. In other words, I was banging my head against the wall as an endurance athlete for years and years, training in a manner that was not optimally aligned with my genetic predispositions. Don't waste 20 years like I did not knowing what your genetics are all about when it comes to your dietary habits and exercise protocol. Check out dnafit.com. You'll learn a lot about genetic testing when you visit their website. Take the test, get your infographic, and you'll go from there. Stay tuned for a special discount offer. And because DNA Fit loves the Get Over Yourself podcast, they have created a special super duper 30% discount off of all their products just by entering the code GOY30 when you're checking out. And if you have already ordered, the fun, exciting Ancestry.com package, a great gift idea where you can get your family involved and everyone sends in their spit sample and you can get your ancestry. I'm 46% Ireland and 44% uh, England, Western Europe. I'm a pure breed. I don't know if that's good or bad. With dogs, it's bad. Probably with humans, not great either. But I am what I am, said Popeye and I. And my sister, my brother, my mom and dad all have our fun reports to look and see all this cool stuff at Ancestry.com, so check them out. But if you did an Ancestry.com report, or if you've done a 23andMe genetic report, the new technology allows DNA Fit to pull from the same central database and produce their fitness, health, diet, exercise genetic infographic for much less cost because you've already gone through the DNA sequencing from the other sources. So check that out on dnafit.com and leverage what you may have already done or get started with DNA Fit and get your diet and exercise right with that awesome 30% discount, G-O-Y-30. 